based upon the scripture, Micah chapter 5, verse 24, if I recall correctly. Let justice fall like water, and let righteousness pour down like a stream. Folks, I want to give you a warning. We're facing a critical mass in America. This confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh is not about Judge Kavanaugh. This is about America continuing to hold up the rule of law. I'm not teaching you probably something you don't know, but I want to say it. The rule of law is innocence is presumed, and you've got to prove somebody guilty. If we have no presumption of innocence, we're going to become something else in terms of our justice and our righteousness in our nation. So we need to pray that God, and here's how I pray, I'll be honest with you. I pray that the Lord will cause the righteous to be exalted and the wicked to be debased, to expose the wicked's delusions, deceptions, directions, and motivations and intentions of their hearts that the people may be taught of God who the righteous are and who the wicked are. For when the righteous rule, people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Mm. So I want us to be in prayer about that for the next few days here. There's been an extension on his confirmation based upon the same scenario. There's a presumption of guilt, not of innocence. Aren't you glad that when you go into a court that somebody who accuses you, they've got to bring evidence and they've got to bring witnesses. And, and the Bible is clear. With the, 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 there has to be the witness of two or three. If there's not the witness of two or three, then there's no case. You know where we got our system of justice and righteousness? From the Scripture. And so there's a lot at stake. And I, I, Listen. Don't call it political. Call it critical. Our justice system is in critical condition. And so this is very important in this hour. I believe that, America, that God is raising up America to be a standard bearer. I still believe that the church is the salt and the light in this, in this nation to cause us to fulfill our destiny as a church and a nation. Amen? I believe that. And so I'm going to encourage you to pray. My wife and I are committing over the next few days to turn aside a time during the day. We did yesterday because they were calling us to prayer. I don't know if you got that call downtown. And we stayed at the house and prayed. But I want you to do that. Now, getting to what the message is today. This is very important. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You know what I believe? If you talk about him, he will come. Last time I was with you, I talked about the Holy Spirit. I've been thinking about him for every day in so many different ways. And I believe the Lord's given me some insight that I want to share with you today. 
Some of it may, may be repetition, Craig, but we'll, repetition's good, isn't it? Amen. Well, let's, let's repeat some things we've already said. Jesus was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. Jesus had resident in His body from the time He was born to the time He went into His ministry. He had resident the Holy Spirit. At the time of His ministry, nothing had ever been said from heaven about Him until the day that He was baptized by John and He was anointed by... You, you folks are wise. You're smart. Amen. And so the ministry of Jesus began for the next three, three and a half years, and He ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit in power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with Him. He was crucified on the cross, rose from the dead, and after His resurrection, Acts chapter 1 says He was talking to His disciples by the Holy Spirit. The resurrected Christ was still having the Holy Spirit do for Him what needed to be done through Him as a man. Amen? And I don't know about you, but that stirs my soul. If Jesus needed to be conscious of the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? Amen? And so I, got, I feel like there's some little nuggets I want to share with you today about the Holy Spirit because here's, here's, here's the crux of what I want to try to share with you. In prayer, we're, we're so accustomed to praying official prayers. Amen? You know what I'm saying? Our Father who is in heaven. And so we have a tendency to think that's the only way to pray. But later I want us to talk about casual prayers. The kind of casual conversation you have with a friend. I'm beginning to understand like I've never understood that when I pray in my mind and in my heart without moving, even moving my lips, the Lord hears me. Because the Holy Spirit is my breath. And, and, and in the last few days and weeks, as I've been exercising myself, this I've been amazed at how much He will answer. And uh, it's just been wonderful. So I want to share some things with you that I feel like that the Lord's been talking to me about. It's not that I've just begun to, be, to understand who the Holy Spirit is. I haven't, this is not the beginning. But I can tell you this. It's real easy to let a relationship with the Holy Spirit slip. Amen? And you know, it's not wrong for you to call Him Holy Spirit. Because that's who He is. Now, it's my opinion, and you may share it or may not. I believe the name of the Holy Spirit is Jesus. <laughs> so I said, no, that's the man Jesus. Well, Jesus said in John chapter 17, He said, Father, the name you've given me, to, uh, given me I've, I've given to them. And then when he said, go into all the world, he said, baptize them in the name. He didn't say the names. He said the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not being technical. I'm just showing you something that you already know this is so. It's so true. 
God is one. God is three persons. Do you believe that God is three persons? But He's one God. God is three persons, but He's one Lord. God is three persons, but He's one Spirit. Is that good preaching? That's Bible. See, I'm not, I'm not talking about some strange doctrine here. But I'm, but I'm talking, I want to talk a few moments about something that we need to consider. Turn in your Bibles to, to John chapter 15. Lord, open our eyes that we may see wonderful things out of your word. Hallelujah. John chapter 16. That's right after 15. My, my, my mouth is wanting to be dry on me today. Are you there? I tell you, let's read 15 verse, I mean 14 verse. Turn back. 14 is right before 15. Are you there? Chapter 14, verse 16. Let's start there. I will pray the Father, and He will give you, somebody say it, another helper, that He may abide with you for how long? Forever. I want to talk to you today about your forever friend. I want to talk to you today about a friend that will never leave you nor forsake you. I want to talk to you about a friend that may not thrill you and chill you all the time like you'd like, but I can tell you he'll never leave. And he's always listening. As a matter of fact, he's listening when you don't want him to. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You read that before in the Scripture? He's your friend. Yet to know who your friend is. How many of you know friends talk to friends? I was thinking that about Jesus when He was in the earth. He concluded in, in the, the gospel here in, in John chapter 16. He said, I call you my friends. Listen, they ought to have known He was already their friend. Jesus was already their friend because you remember when He was in the boat asleep? And they came to their friend and said, Don't you care that, we, we, that we're going to perish? Remember that? That's how a friend talks to a friend. <laughs> Don't you care? What did Jesus say? Oh, you have little faith. And then he said to the storm, Be still. That was their friend. They didn't go say, We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will know all things. Hallelujah. And that thou art the one who knows how to do everything there is needed to be done. They said, hey, don't you care? <laughs> I, I thought that, that that's what struck me as I thought about this, as I, I want to talk about a little bit later about the friend, but I want to talk about something first, which I believe is critical. The word another, I want to talk to you about that. I've talked to you a little bit about it, but I want to, Bring something to your attention which is very good. Take your pen and write this down. This Greek word, another, 
is a Greek word that's pronounced, listen, you can pronounce it, you can write it down, A-L-L-O-S, alas. There's another Greek word that is pronounced ateros, or the, what's important for us is the E and the T at the beginning of that word, which, which is a total different word than, than this another. This another is very important. Stay with me because this is going to get, it's a little technical, but, it's, but it's, you need to get it. I got this from Athera's Greek-English lexicon. The word alas, with the emphasis on the A-L, by the way, the A-L, means the other of two. The other of two. It generally denotes simply distinction of individuals. How many persons are there in the Godhead? So this word, when Jesus used this word another in this context, he was making certain that you understood that there was another person that he was speaking about. And here's what I want to, I hadn't shared this in a long time, but the Lord brought this back to my remembrance and I thought about it again and you need to hear this. The Ark of the Covenant, you familiar with the Ark of the Covenant that was built back over there by Moses? And we've all heard, well, what is it, the Lost Ark or something like that and all that kind of stuff. Who is that guy? <coughs> Who? Well, we know it's Harrison, you know, but he's playing in. <laughs> but the Lost Ark of the Covenant... <coughs> Now, if you go study the Ark of the Covenant, you'll notice that in the construction of it, it's a box which contained the things that God wanted to put in it. But on the top of the box was two figures. You remember that? And they looked like two angels. And they stretched their wings out over that Ark and touched one another. They look like two angels. Get a hold of this now. This is important. This is insightful. I, I went for years not knowing this, and I went through Bible school and not knowing this, but the Lord taught me this. Those two supposedly angels are solid gold. Gold is a symbol of divinity. So I submit to you those were not angels being portrayed, but that was the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit being betrayed. Here's, how, here's, here's the illustration that the Lord showed me. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, let me say before I say this, what did God say to, the, to Moses and the children of Israel He would do above the ark? He said He would speak to them. Remember that? You go read it. I'm not reading it all yet. I haven't gotten very long. He would speak to them above the ark. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, you remember, the Bible says that while He was standing in the water, after He had come up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended. You remember that? Do you remember this, which most people seem to forget? He descended in a bodily form. But how, did he, but how did he say, like what? Like a dove, like a bird. I submit to you that he was actually seen by John the Baptist 
as that one who was on the top of that ark. And he was descending on the one, the other, the other, another. Are you with me? Do you see that? Because what happened when he descended? For the first time recorded, the voice came from heaven and said, This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. I submit to you that that is a literal picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And the two, the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ, touching each other, symbolizing that they were the two that Jesus was talking about, the other. Parentheses, the two. Because there's no other, see. See, if you go with 2 Corinthians chapter 10, when, when Paul is talking about another Jesus, you remember reading that? If there, anybody comes to you and preaches another Jesus, that's a, a loss again there. The reality is there's not another Jesus. There's only these two, the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus. And if somebody comes preaching another Jesus, he's the wrong Jesus. And then when he talks about another spirit, he uses the word eteros there. Or the word that begins with E-T, which just means other. Other spirit, other gospel. But for Jesus, it said another, a loss. Which gets back to the word again that we just read to you. I want you to be reminded because it's so critical. A loss means the other, parentheses, the, of two. The other of two, not three. The other of two. Ark of the Covenant, on the top of the Ark of the Covenant. God spoke there. And I'm telling you, God's still speaking. The Holy Spirit has come to talk. But most of us don't talk to the Holy Spirit. I want to I challenge us. I'm challenging myself. I'm not talking as one who's arrived. I'm challenging myself to be more casual with the Holy Spirit and talk to Him about how I love Him. Talk to Him about how I appreciate Him. Thank Him for His teaching me leading me into all truth, leading me throughout my day. As I'm walking through the marketplace, being able to say, Lord, help me now. There's, there's, there's temptation out here. Help me, Lord, to keep my eyes on you and my ears open to you and my mind on you. Amen? You know what I'm finding out about the Holy Spirit? He'll do that. But if I don't call, when is the answer? When we call, call upon the Lord and you will be Delivered. The word saved means delivered. I'm telling you something. I don't know about you, but I need. it seems like all day long need to be delivered. Well, I'm so glad I got other people in here like me. I thought I might be preaching to nobody but myself. But I'm telling you, it's wonderful as you're walking through a crowd and not saying anything but talking in your heart saying, Holy Spirit, now help me. This, this is a little tough right here to help me. In a business dealing, Doug, you're, you're right in the middle of it, contracting business. You can in your heart and your mind say, now, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to discern. Help me to see. Open my eyes. Open my ears. Give me your counsel. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's your counselor? He, he, he gives you wisdom. He gives you power. He gives you knowledge. He gives you understanding. I'm talking about the seven spirits of God in, in Isaiah chapter 11. He's not only the Spirit of the Lord, He's all the things that are listed there. And He's also, the last thing He said was He's the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. How many of you know only the Lord can teach you the fear of the Lord? 
And again, if you have a resident teacher who is the Holy Spirit, he's, he's there to do that for you. Aren't you glad of that? So it's not inappropriate to say, come Holy Spirit, help us. Somebody said, but didn't you know the Holy Spirit's already come? Now that's a religious attitude. I'm talking to you about someone who wants to be your friend. I'm not just talking about just some kind of deal God made with us. I'm talking about somebody who wants to be your friend. He's with you forever. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always to the end of the world. But when the Holy Spirit came, He said, He's with us forever. Not just to the end of the world. Isn't that, that quote right? We see Jesus by the eye of the Spirit right now, but on that day we will see Him and we won't need faith any longer. We won't need hope any longer, for hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope for what He, does, what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we with diligence, with perseverance, wait for it. That's what the Holy Spirit helps us do. Amen? Let's see, am I finished with that? Yet I, I didn't really read this, but let me read that to you. The E.T. word of a other, E.T., it's not extraterrestrial, but it's E.T., Epsilon tall, really, the Greek letters. It means, you might want to write this down, involves the difference of kind. The difference of kind. See, in Alas, Craig, there's no difference. They're one and the same. So those two are one and the same. Amen? The two are God, whom God the Father speaks over and confirms that's who they are. Amen. I believe that's good. Now, the next thing I wanted to, to it's emphasize just for a moment is this word about sending. Here's something that struck me. I've never really studied it like this or seen it like this, Wally, but, but I began to just feel the Lord directing me like this. Jesus said, let me re read the Scripture, because you people are Bible people. I know you all looking in the Bible to see if I'm telling the truth. Amen. Jesus said that He would send the Holy Spirit. He would, he would send the Helper. In, in John 14, 26, He said, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name. But then in chapter 15, verse 26, it's interesting, it's both, both 26 verses of each chapter. When the Helper comes, whom I shall send. Isn't that interesting? He said, the Father's going to send him. Then he says, I'm going to send him. Now, I'm telling you, it's very important that Jesus said, in agreement with the Father, that I'm going to send him. Remember, Jesus said, I never do except what I see the Father doing. Never say but what I hear the Father saying. So this is a confirmation. Jesus said, Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. But then he turns around and says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Now, let's, why is this important to, to, for us to get a hold of? Let me show you something. In John chapter 5, verse 23, it says, All should honor the Son, listen, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Why do I read that in John 5, 26 about Jesus and the Father? Because I tell you, I believe the same thing applies to Jesus sending the Holy Spirit. If you don't honor the Holy Spirit like you honor me, then you're going to be in trouble about what you need to be doing. Does that make sense to anybody other than me? 
Does that sound like a principle? In order for you to honor the one that, is sent, that was, sent, was sent before, you've got to honor the one who was sent later. And if you don't honor the one who's been sent later, then you don't honor the one who sent him. That makes sense to me. I don't know if you look at me like that strange doctrine, but if the Father sent the Son and then the Son sent the Holy Spirit, then we should honor the Holy Spirit like we, Jesus honored the Father and we, and we honor Jesus. Well, that's good preaching. I'll tell you what. I, somebody says, I can't wait to hear what, you, what you're going to say today. And I, and I said to them, I can't wait to hear it myself. Because I haven't, I haven't preached like this as such. This is not new doctrine. This is stuff that's right there before our eyes that we just need to see. John 6, 29 said, if you, if you believe in Him, let me go back and read this because I need to read the whole thing. I've only got it abbreviated. John 6. We're doing a Bible study, y'all. John 6, 29. Watch this. This is the work that you believe in Him whom He sent. Well, I believe in Jesus, brother, and I'm a Jesus-preaching man, but I'm telling you, I'm being sort of sweetly corrected. He said, if you believe in me, believe in Him. I sent Him. I hear a little bit of a rebuke. It's a sweet rebuke, Linda, but it's not harsh. It's just... I can, I can tell you, let, let me just say this, I can tell you what's being corrected, and I don't know if you know this, but our religiosity is being corrected. I'm just like you, I struggled with, with, with the triune Godhead, the Trinity. I studied with three persons. Didn't make sense to me how three made one. I thought, well, man, three's three. No, three's one. And so when I got, finally got used to that kind of math, then things begin to make sense to me about the equality. Father is, the God, is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. God is Spirit. By the way, when you read that in your King James Bible, God is a Spirit, that's not good translation. It's God is Spirit. Period. Not a Spirit. Amen? And then in John chapter 7, 29, just turn over the chapter. I tell you, I'm preaching good. I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. I just want to see. Uh, listen, these are only just a few of these, of these verses. There's over and over and over again, Jesus affirming that he's been sent. And then he's, and he turns around and says, if you don't believe that I'm he, then you'll die in your sins. I'm the one he sent. There's not another Savior coming. There's not another Redeemer coming. I'm him. I'm the only bodily presence you'll see. I am the physical body, the offering of my body. If you don't believe that, you'll die in your sins. If you believe in the Father, you've got to believe in the Son. <clears throat> if you honor the Father, you've got to honor the Son. <clears throat> John 8, 29. That's 6, 29, 7, 29, and 8, 29. That's easy to remember. He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. He is with me. He sent me. He's with me. Jesus didn't go away and leave us alone. He sent the Holy Spirit. We're, we have God with us. You know, 
Here, here's a doctrinal point that, it, that may, I hope it doesn't disturb you too much. But when we say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, we're inviting the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he says, I have Jesus in my heart. Well, you do, but it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the same gift of the Holy Spirit that you receive at being born again, being baptized, being born again, being born again, baptized, He's the same one that gets poured out on you, which is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That we also need not only receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, we need to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Am I teaching the Bible? And so then we become acquainted in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We become acquainted, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one, one body, and we've all been made to drink of one spirit. See, what, what binds us to? Let me tell you, something, our unity, now I'm just going to shoot this out here. This is talking about chasing a rabbit. This is a good rabbit. Our unity is not in Jesus. Our unity is in the Spirit of Jesus. So that consequently, I'm telling you, our unity is in the Holy Spirit. You wonder why people who have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit are not pursuing the unity of the Spirit? It's because they don't know how to. No man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Why are these people against the gifts of the Spirit? Because they haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You're going to be against what you're not acquainted with by experience. I'm not preaching the truth. Somebody say amen because I'm getting lonely up here. So it's like strange things to our ears. It's sort of strange to me, but I'm telling you, I see it in the Bible. And you don't have to be concerned. If I get it wrong, Brother Kevin, straighten me out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> amen? And so that's really what I want you to see today. If Jesus, if the Father sent the Holy Spirit, and if Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, we honor Him. Maybe we should start doing like Benny Hinn. Jump out of the bed in the morning and say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. He's the one present. He's the one in representation of the other two. In particular, what we're talking about here, the other one. He's in representation. We ought to be really, want to be real big friends with him. You know, here, here's what I found out about the friendship thing, and this is I'm concluding. I thought the Bible recorded with, that when Abraham believed God, he was called the friend of God. But you know, that wasn't recorded until James chapter 2. And when I went to my concordance to get some help, I found out that it was only mentioned in, in 2 Corinthians. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7. That God called Abraham his friend. Well, that's, that's rich. But what happened in James chapter 2, let me get the exact verse. Got it written down right here just in case you ask. James chapter 2, verse 23. It said, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. And then even in my Bible, in my New King James Bible, the, the cross-reference there is 2 Chronicles 20, verse, verse 7. 
Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8 is the only other place it's recorded that, he, that Abraham is called the friend of God. Now listen, I, I did something smart. I looked up the word for friend there. The word for friend there is a different word other, uh, in other places recorded. But in these three places, the friend is called this. A friend means simply to have affection for. But listen, for adult-minded, and only for you, if you're not adult-minded, you won't know this. But it also carries with it the connotation of intimacy. That word for friend. But even in my concordance, it used another word, which I'll not repeat in, from the pulpit. You hear what I'm saying? Second, First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says this. He that is joined to the, to the Spirit is one spirit with him. You know what it says? He that is joined in the Spirit to the Spirit is one spirit with him. So our spirit has been joined to the Holy Spirit for intimacy. Intimacy produces productivity. Production after its own kind. Am I preaching the truth? Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to reproduce in us, He will reproduce. And how many of you know He wants to reproduce Jesus in us? That's right. He has come to reproduce Jesus in us. So I said, well, Jesus is already in me. I've already settled that question. Jesus has come in the person of the Holy Spirit because the one, the two are one and the same. Amen? So whatever the Holy Spirit needs to do to form Jesus in you, it may be different than what He needs to do to form Jesus in me. Did you know that? In spite of the fact that we religiously want to put everybody in the same package, I'm so glad to know that my friendship with God is so personal that He's going to take personal control over my life to make certain that He reproduces Jesus in me. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and she conceived. The Holy Spirit came and begot that child in her womb. I'm telling you, the womb of my soul is still the forming place of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you were born again by God to be transformed by God, to be conformed to God? I don't have time to preach all that, but I can tell you it's the truth. The Holy Spirit borns you. Holy Spirit transforms you. And the Holy Spirit conforms you. You need to get acquainted with your friend. Because that's what he's after. And you need to say, Holy Spirit, that's what you're after. That's what I'm after too. Come on, get me, Lord. Let's have intimacy. We are one together. I'm telling you. I'm preaching all over the place a little bit here, but it's good. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which all the married couples are familiar with, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, because that talks about marriage, right? Shake your head at me. You don't have to say amen. And it says there in that text, you remember, it says, if the unbeliever be willing to dwell with you, 
Isn't that what it says? The word dwell means to be intimate with. Union. If he's willing to stay, if he's willing, he or she is willing to do that, even though unbelievers do not leave them. Do not separate yourself from them if they're willing. I don't know about you, that's really a lot of hope for us in the Holy Spirit. He's not going to leave us because we haven't been intimate, but he wants to be intimate. He wants to be our friend. Amen. I'm telling you. Now, I want to be very careful when I say this, but I want to say it again. I go on record as believing this, that Jesus is being so formed in us that we're going to be exactly like Him forever. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for good to those who love God or are called according to His purpose. What is the purpose? That we be conformed to the image of Him who will be the firstborn among many brethren. All of the brethren will be just like the firstborn when we're conformed to His image. I've been born of God by the Spirit. I've been being transformed by, by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, to be conformed by the Spirit of God. Now let me, I, didn't, I wasn't going to do this, but let me do this because this is important based upon what we're talking about. Let me just give you a few scriptures how desperate we are for the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.13 says, You put to death the deeds of the body by the Holy Spirit. He's talking about deeds that are evil, the deeds that are fleshy. You can only put those to death by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, for a long time I tried to get it cast out. But you can't cast out the flesh. You can only, by the power of the Holy Spirit, bring those deeds of the flesh into subjection, and you can rule over them and take dominion over them by the power of the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The Bible is so very clear that if you abide in the Lord, you'll sin not. Whoa! He's preaching heresy now. No, sir. Contrary to popular belief, the religious popular belief, you don't have to sin. Grace is abundant for us to sin not. But thank God if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our high priest interceding for us. The Holy Spirit makes certain that we are reminded of that. Amen? So there's the, the, there's the uh, disclaimer. I want to make certain that nobody misquotes me. But I can tell you there is a place in God, according to 1 John chapter 4, that the seed of God cannot sin. And that seed is in me by the power of the Holy Spirit, working in me what I cannot do for myself. By the Spirit, I put to death the deeds of the flesh. Does that make any sense to you, Brian? You see, by faith, we, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith. This is a faith issue. If Jesus sent him, then I need to receive him. I need to, and if Jesus sent him, I need to honor him just like I honor Jesus. Whoa! I'm going to tell you, I think it's beginning to hit home some of us. We've got to say that over and over. Lord, you, you, you're going to have to go home and say, Lord, talk to me about what Pastor Fred said. I, it's a little strange in my ears, but you talk to me about this thing. Holy Spirit, you come and help me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 says, that you purified your souls in obeying the truth by the Spirit. 
We can't obey the truth except by the Spirit. We can't do anything for ourselves except by the Holy Spirit. We're talking in particular by the Holy Spirit. That's pretty good news then, Priscilla. I'll name everybody here before it's over. I mean, I'm, talking to, I'm talking to you. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't mean you can say Jesus is Lord yesterday, but you can't say it today. He said every day. Jesus is my Lord, I can say by the Holy Spirit. I have confidence and assurance. The more I say Jesus is my Lord by the Holy Spirit, the more my confidence increases and my boldness increases. The righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursues. Ha! Come Holy Spirit, help us, Lord. Zechariah 4, 6, everybody knows that. Not by power, not by might, by my Spirit, by my Holy Spirit, says the Lord. Amen? And so I'll leave you with that. It's noon, so I'm leaving you with that. I'm concluding now. The other is the same as. This comforter is the same as. Honor Jesus, honor Him. Embrace Jesus, embrace Him. Talk to Jesus, talk to Him. Just, ex just an, as an exercise, just exercise yourself. He's your friend. And again, friends, talk to friends. He's been sent to us. Get acquainted with Him by talking to Him. Call Him by His title. I've heard some people get all bothered up with that and they don't even use the word thee anymore. You ever heard anybody talk like that? They just say, Holy Spirit. Who was it? It was Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You can get all caught up in all kind of games if you're not careful. Amen? But He is the Holy Spirit. That's, that's His title. Any questions? <laughs> Don't you ask a question, Wally, because you always ask probing questions. Is anybody confused? Is there a confusion? If, if, if there's a confusion, it'll take me just about 30 seconds to clear it up if I've left you any confusion. I'm okay. Thank you, brother. I'm empty, but I'm all right. Concerned about the mystery. You know, you've got to be concerned about that mystery. You know the language. Thank you, Lord. Miss Dot, does that sound all right to you? Sound like good sound doctrine? Listen, I, I'm telling you, there, 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 there's just, there's more to it than semantics when we, when we as a congregation begin to say, come Holy Spirit. Blow through here, Holy Spirit, like the wind. Come fall like the fire. Come like the former and the latter rain together. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. See, see, the river flow is, is, means that there has to be a corporate thing happening. God has to be doing something corporately in us about our hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. It, it's in the Holy Spirit. Let's get acquainted with Him. I want that. So I said, well, I got the gift of righteousness from Jesus. Sure you did. 
But the understanding of that righteousness will only come through the Holy Spirit. He's the one that leads you into the truth about it. He's the one that opens your eyes to see and gives you revelation to say, Yoo-hoo! That's why we worship in the Spirit, see. Father seeks such to worship Him, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And so my, my hope, and I, I told Pastor Kevin, I said, I know you're going to talk about the ecclesiology and the church and all that. It's wonderful. I said, but i got one thing on my mind these days. i got the Holy Spirit on my mind. And I, how many of you know that works right together? You know who the administrator of the church is? Holy Spirit. When we get together and the gifts begin to flow, how does the gifts flow? By the Holy Spirit. He's the giver of the gifts. He's the minister of the gifts. He, he, he assigns whoever's going to do whatever. Holy Spirit. So we really ought to be just crying out, Oh, Holy Spirit, come, Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way. Come walk up and down the aisles. Come walk through the chairs. Come jump on somebody. <laughs> the Bible calls it falling on them. I don't care how you fall on them. Just go ahead and jump somewhere. And may, maybe if the Lord will so bless us, he'll jump on us all at the same time. <laughs> Woo! I can tell you, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've uh, witnessed that. It's strange, but when you step back and look at it and talk about it and the elders get together and talk about it, we say, you know what, I believe that was God. <laughs> that couldn't have been self-hypnosis, jump on us all at the same time like that. I mean, it was flowing like a river, Wally. But now, you know, we've even seen it here literally. It's, the Bible talks about flood waters. Huh? No more floods in the building. Hallelujah. Only the flood of the Holy Ghost. Everybody stand up.